All right, punks, welcome back to the Poker Punks podcast. This is episode seven, titled, Can You Hear What I'm Saying? In the hands I'm going to go over today, it is all about the message being sent by the aggressor. What is the message? What are you hearing? What are you not hearing? And will they be going for value? Or are these bluffs? Let's get to some hands and find out. For this first hand, the villain is the effective stack at $225. We are in the hijack and we look down at Ace of Spades, Jack of Diamonds. Under the gun calls and it folds around to us in the hijack and we make it $20 to go. The villain in under the gun calls as does the big blind and we have $61 in the pot going to a flop and we smash it. Ace of hearts, jack of clubs, eight of diamonds. The big blind checks, but then, to my surprise, the under the gun player bets out for $40. When he gets onto me, I'm looking at his stack and thinking, okay, what's the easiest way to get all the rest of the money in here? If I go all in, I have the big blind uh, pretty much covered, I think. It was pretty close. Um, but by just jamming, I'm really sending off a signal of go away. I don't really want that, but I also want to get the other guy's stack all in. So I decide to go for a raise here, and I make it 165 to go, knowing that the under-the-gun player has a little more than that in his stack, and if I can get the big blind to call, he has a lot more in his stack that I can then target on the turn. Unfortunately for us, the big blind ends up folding, and the villain goes into the tank for a minute. And he's sitting there, not quite sure what to do, and then he puts chips forward and then tries to put the rest of his chips forward, but the dealer calls a string raise on him and makes it to have it, so he is just calling here. He is about $45 behind. So at this point, we have $391 in the pot. We have top two pair, and the turn is the Ten of Hearts. It does bring in some straight combos, but we are not going to fold when the under-the-gun player goes all in for his last $45. We immediately snap it off to make a pot of $481, and the river is the Queen of Clubs. So as soon as I see that, and I see that there's two different four-liners out there, I kind of assume that he caught up. And to our delight, the villain turns over Ace of Diamonds, Ten of Clubs for a turn two pair that is less than our flop two pair. So what happened in this hand, and could this villain have gotten away from it? Well, first of all, the fact that he's just open-limping Ace-Ten offsuit from under the gun is a very weak play. He should at least be raising here. Or, more often than not, just fold. Ace-10 offsuit is not that good a hand. You are going to be dominated when you hit an ace because most of the time, if you hit an ace, someone else that's in the hand with you will have a better ace. So unless it comes specifically king-queen-jack, you really are going to be in a situation where you're going to hit this flop some of the time, but you're not going to hit it great at all. Um, 
you're more likely to hit top pair, have a second kicker, or hit top pair with the 10 and have someone have an over pair or maybe two pair or a set on you. So hands like this have to be played rather cautiously. And from up front, they're really not worth the hassle. Um, opening here to like 15, 20 max is perfectly fine. I likely would have probably three bet him even with ace jack, which isn't a premium holding, but the um, idea is to target uh, weaker players, be aggressive with them. So if he would have raised here, I probably would have three bet. If he made it 15, I'd probably made it 60. And it would have ended up the same way anyway, if he didn't just fold to my three bet. But you don't want to play marginal hands out of position. Playing a marginal hand like ace-jack in position can be a profitable play as long as you're able to get away from it if you are getting a lot of pushback from someone who's a rec player or a net or even a good player. It's not worth putting in chips bad just on the off chance that you might be good because you can save that for later when you're in a better spot and have a lot more equity in the hand. So by paying attention to what's being said through betting patterns, you can sometimes wiggle off a line where you had sort of a strong hand but not a really strong hand and save yourself the aggravation of finding out by the river that you were second best all along. For this hand, it was played at a casino that isn't my local casino. Uh, we were out of town visiting some family, and I went to the local card room up there that I go to whenever I'm in town, but not all that frequently. So everyone at this table is complete blank slate to me. I've never played with them before, at least not that I can remember. So I don't really have much of a read on a lot of the players at the table, aside from the fact that it was a limp fest, limp call fest, so I've been punishing the table with a lot of raises and c-bets and taking down a lot of small, medium-sized pots without a lot of trouble. In this hand, we are in the low jack, and we look down at the king of spades and king of hearts. Under the gun, under gun one, and middle position all limp to us, and we raise to $15 here. First thing about this is I don't really like this sizing in retrospect. It is too small with that many limpers, and it's just going to incentivize them all to come along and potentially crack our kings. So I really should have bet 25 to 35 here, and if I would have just gotten folds all around, so be it. I pick up some free money the easy way, or if I do get any calls, if the flop comes off not great, like something with an ace, I can dial it back and play it a little more conservative. If the flop comes off 10 high, say, I can play it more aggressive knowing that I have an overpair to top pair. And the odds of someone hitting something like a straight, a, a flush, two pair set isn't that great. So I can, in position, play the hand more aggressively if it comes off without an ace. So anyway, I did make it $15 here. And the cutoff calls big blind calls, under the gun calls, under gun plus one calls, and the middle position player calls. So we have a pot of $91 going to a flop of 10 of spades, 
four of diamonds, three of hearts. It checks through to me, and I continue for $35 here. Not the worst bet sizing. Uh, Multi-way, you can go with a smaller bet sizing to feel out your opponents to see if someone might have had pocket 10s, pocket 4s, pocket 3s, or just been completely off the wall playing 10-4, 10-3. That's a possibility. I've seen weirder. Um, the more likely two-pair combo would be 4-3 uh, if someone had like 4-3 of spades, clubs, or um, that's pretty much the only suited combos that are left. I wouldn't really expect someone to have 4-3 offsuit here, but that's always a possibility, especially once one person calls a, a raise preflop. It tends to cascade and snowball. Everybody thinks, well, now I have pot odds to call. And pot odds to call is a very specific way of looking at things, but you have to have hand equity to go with those pot odds. Calling, saying that you have pot odds with seven deuce still means you have seven deuce and you have a crappy hand and it's best to just toss it away. So with this $35 bet, we get a call from the cutoff and it folds around to the middle position player who goes all in for slightly less than the 35. I think he went in for 33 or 34. And so the three of us go to a turn with $196 in the pot. And that turn is the eight of hearts. It does bring in backdoor hearts, but I'm not going to worry about that. And with the middle position player being all in, first action's on me, and I bet $75 here. And the cutoff looks at my stack, thinks about it for a minute, and makes the call. So now there's $346 in the two pots combined, and the river is the jack of diamonds. It does bring in an overcard to the board in the jack. It also brings in a couple of straight draws, notably the 9-7 got there and the queen-9. I think the 9-7 is sort of more likely because the queen-9, um, also likely they're both uh, open, or the 9-7 is open-ended. The queen-9 would have been a gutter ball, but I've seen people call with otter hands Something like Queen Nine of Hearts might make a little bit of sense having the gutter and the flush draw, but I'm not going to slow down here, and I decide to lead out for $175. And the cutoff goes into the tank for not too terribly long and ends up making the call. We show the kings, and he mucks. He later told us he had pocket queens, one of those oh, what am I supposed to do? I have to call there. I have an overpair. And to a certain extent, yeah, that logic isn't the worst logic, but the better logic is I bet all three streets and you just called all three streets instead of trying to fire back. Uh, the fact of the matter is he would have lost the rest of his stack, which in actuality, when I bet the 175, I thought he had a good bit more behind. He only ended up having about $50 more than this at the end. And I'm not sure if I would have gone all in if he would have called or if it was the less than all in bet that made a call more appealing to him, thinking that maybe I had something that I missed or something like maybe like just ace jack that had hit a jack on the river. 
Uh, either way, it was a $696 pot that I was able to scoop by playing this hand aggressively and by my villain not being able to understand what I was shouting at him that you're beat. This last hand that I'm going to go over was the first hand that I played at this table in this session. And so I'm sitting on a $500 stack, and I'm the effective stack in this hand. Uh, like I said, it's the first hand at the table, and I am in the big blind. Uh, under the gun plus one, middle position, and hijack all limp. And I check my option with the jack of spades, two of diamonds. Uh, no reason for me to get out of line here. I really would have just folded if I hadn't had money in already, uh, but that's a super nit play to open fold your big blind. So I tend to try not to do that. It doesn't seem to be worth it in the long run. Anyway, there's $12 in this pot, and the flop comes off Jack of Hearts, Jack of Diamonds, Queen of Hearts. I could lead here uh, and just fast play the whole way with my trips, but I decide, since this is my first hand at the table, there's some bigger stacks at the table, I want to try and investigate how they got their big stacks, whether they overplayed hands or whether they were doing some solid plays and got there on people who couldn't uh, fold you know, bigger hands. When it gets to the hijack, they bet $10. Back around to me, I make the call. And then the undergun plus one player also makes the call. So a little bit of alarm bells in my head thinking, what are three people in here for? I have a jack. There's only one more in the deck. Do one of these people have it? And if they do, they've definitely got me out kicked right now. So I'm trying to hedge on the side of caution, saying, yeah, you know, I have three of a kind, but it's a vulnerable three of a kind because I have no kicker to go with it. Like I said, with $42 in the pot, we see a six of diamonds on the turn. Again, I check and under the gun plus one checks, and the hijack now continues for $35. When it's back on me, I end up calling the $35 and under the gun plus one folds. So now we have $112 in the pot, and the river is the awful four of hearts. So I decide to check to the hijack once again, thinking that most rec players are not going to are not going to bet if they don't have a jack here or something even stronger than that, like a flush. So I'm trying to just get to a cheap showdown with my trips that have now been downgraded with the flush hitting the board. But to my surprise, the hijack bets out for a hundred dollars. And while I do have a fairly strong hand, that backdoor or the front door flush coming in with the four of hearts is not a great hand for or not a great card for me. And the fact that I really just have a bluff catcher here really don't make me in the mood to call this bet. And I know that people in the comments are probably going to say, what a nit, how can you not call there with three of a kind? Yeah, you have no kicker, but you shouldn't need one. And the fact of the matter is that this is a very under bluff spot. So the fact that this person bet all three streets 
and now is betting very large in comparison to the pot. It just makes me think that I am just beat and we decide to fold and just live another day and we never did find out what the villain had here but I really would prefer to get my chips in with a hand like this if I had a 10, obviously a queen, a king, an ace as my kicker. Having the two, I'm losing to all other jacks, which is only one combo. Like, you know, there's one other jack in the deck that he could have several combos with, but he's going to have a jack here a good bit of the time, and I'm going to be beat because I have no kicker, or he's going to have woken up with a flush or on the off, off, off chance pocket sixes or pocket fours for a boat. So by him leading out and being so strong on especially the subsequent streets, like the $10 flop bet, anybody's going to do that with any kind of draw or even, you know, second pair, third pair, fourth pair. They're going to make that call a lot of the time. And even sometimes it's just a pure float. When he bets 35 on the turn, that's a little more concerning because he's willing to start investing some money in this pot. And the $100 on the river just screams to me, you're beat, please call so I can have your money. So instead of giving in to the temptation to call with the trips, I decided to let it go and fight another day. All right, punks, thanks for joining us here for episode seven. Can you hear what I'm saying? In this episode, we talk a lot about bet sizing and what that's telling you in terms of where you're at in a hand. And hopefully you were able to take away that even strong hands can be vulnerable in certain situations. And you may have to fold a hand as strong as three of a kind or a set or even a straight if there's an obvious flush out there, if a board's paired and someone's bombing a pot, you really have to evaluate where are you, and not just in terms of your hand's individual strength, but the range of my opponent and what they could be representing with these bet sizes. And always remember that chips you lose are chips you can't leverage later to get more out of an opponent when you do have a stronger hand. So as much as I like to be aggressive and put the hammer down to nitty wreck players, I also like to preserve my chip stack to make sure that I have the ammunition I need to get their stack when the time comes. So with that, keep in mind, made hands aren't always the same. So sometimes you're going to have to fold a strong hand in order for the greater good. If you like the podcast, if you like what I've been doing, please rate and review it, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, any of that. Also, we're still looking for submissions. If you have a hand that you've played that you'd like to get a second opinion on, that you'd like to see featured on the podcast, go to pokerpunks.com. There is a form there that you can do the hand submission. And whether I use it on the podcast or not, I will definitely respond to you. And I'll give you my input on the hand and how you played it, whether I think you played it good, bad, what I would have done, even if what I think I would have done would have been worse than what you did. Uh, I'm going to let you know my honest opinion on it. Um, I'm not going to flame you or anything like that. I'm not into uh, belittling people. I want this to be an interactive community 
where people are trying to get better and trying to advance their game and learn from each other. So I want it to be a collaborative environment, not an adversarial one. Also, if I do select your hand to be on the podcast, I will send you a PokerPunks card protector that you can also see at PokerPunks.com as a little thank you for taking the time out and submitting your hand and letting it be featured on the podcast. And as always, run it up the punks.